circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Hi, hello, and welcome back to the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder, the Manager of Player Development for the Western Hockey League, and your host for the WHL Podcast. Let's get right into the news and notes for the week of August 25th, 2020. The Victoria Royals have signed Anthony Wilson, Nate Miske, and Reggie Newman to WHL Standard Player Agreements. Wilson, a forward from Swift Current Saskatchewan, was picked 59th overall at the 2020 WHL Bantam Draft and spent last season with the Northern Alberta Extreme Bantam Prep Program, posting 9 goals and 18 assists for 27 points in 29 games. Nate Miske was selected 5 picks after Wilson going 64th overall. The defenseman spent last season at Pacific Coast Hockey Academy tallying 8 goals and 22 assists for 30 points in 30 games. And lastly, Reggie Newman, a Kamloops BC native, was picked 72nd overall at the 2020 Bantam Draft. The forward scored 9 goals and 13 assists for 22 points in 21 games with Yale Hockey Academy. Hopping on a ferry and heading across the border, the Seattle Thunderbirds have signed their third round pick from the 2020 Bantam Draft, Kamloops BC native Sawyer Minio. Minio, a defenseman, played for Yale Hockey Academy last season, contributing four goals and 19 assists for 23 points in 23 games. Staying with the Kamloops-Yale Hockey connection, the Kamloops Blazers have signed their 62nd overall pick from the 2020 Bantam Draft, Ryan Michael. Michael, who's from Langley, BC, played at the Yale Hockey Academy, scoring four goals and 21 assists for 25 points in 30 games. And up last in the SPA signings, the Regina Pats have inked Colby Watton, who was the 136th overall pick in the 2018 WHL Bantam Draft. Watton spent last season in the Manitoba U18 AAA League, scoring 19 goals and 38 points in 45 games. Moving to the NHL, Matt Dumba has been named a finalist for the NHL's King Clancy Memorial Trophy. The King Clancy Memorial Trophy is awarded to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. Dumba co-founded the Hockey Diversity Alliance and delivered an impactful statement at the start of the 2020 Stanley Cup qualifiers. Dumba is joined by the New York Rangers Henrik Lundqvist and New Jersey Devils PK Subban. And finally, former Prince George Cougar and current member of the Cougars ownership group, Dan Hamhuis has announced his retirement from the NHL. Hamhuis, who is from Smithers, BC, played four seasons with the Cougars before embarking on an NHL career, which saw him play 1,148 regular season games, split between the Nashville Predators, Vancouver Canucks, and Dallas Stars. Internationally, he won an Olympic gold medal in 2014, as well as two gold medals at the World Ice Hockey Championships. That is it for the news and notes for this week. I will leave you with my favorite Dan Hamhuis clip. It comes to us from the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. Dan Hamhuis went down and put Milan Lucic over T-Kettle and watch him go down. Now is that clipping? We've seen clipping before. Our first conversation today is with Edmonton Oil Kings forward Jake Neighbors. Neighbors, in his second full season in the Western Hockey League, scored 23 goals, 47 assists for 70 points in 64 games. Lauren Zandi sat down with him to catch up and see how he's preparing for the NHL draft. wing side, in over the line, cutting to the net. score! 
Jake Neighbors off the bench to the front of the net, to the back of the net, and we're all tied at one with 13.3 seconds to go in the third. Lauren Zandi, marketing coordinator for the Western Hockey League here, and today I'm joined by one of the WHL and CHL's top NHL draft prospects, Jake Neighbors. Welcome, Jake. Thanks for taking the time to be on the WHL podcast. Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I think it's important we take a look at the last two full seasons with the Oil Kings you had to fully comprehend your success in such a short amount of time. In the 2018-19 season, competition in the Eastern Conference, pretty fierce, but Edmonton held strong right through until the Eastern Conference Championships when you came up against the Prince Albert Raiders, who ultimately became the WHL champions that season. But your postseason was explosive as a rookie. In 16 playoff games, you recorded 12 points, and while I'm sure it was disappointing for the season to end there, what kind of confidence did that playoff performance give you? Yeah, I think uh, both on a personal and a team note, I think a lot of confidence was gained playing in that Eastern Conference final against PA. I mean, I mean, obviously you could say there's confidence built up throughout the entire season and that, and that leads to good playoff moments. But, um, you know, definitely the experience I got in the first round and second round, it just continued to build. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of credit to my coaches and they had, they had faith in me and trusted me with opportunity and in such a, you know, a clutch part of the season. So, um, you know, I was super fortunate that way. And then um, obviously to get to play in those games, score some big goals, things like that is is all something that just contributes to confidence as a player, like you said. And, um, you know, that playoff run was definitely huge going into the next year. Absolutely. And like you said, how did you translate that confidence coming into this past season? Yeah, I think trying to just uh, really look at what I did in the playoffs and how I found success, I think, was something I really leaned on. And um, you know, I really found the the true part of my game that, you know, I wanted to stick to and, and play to every night in those playoffs. And, um, you know, I just tried to continue to develop that over the summer and bring it into the next season. So, um, you know, I was obviously uh, fortunate again with more opportunity coming as an, in as a 17-year-old and, um, you know, with a little bit more confidence and, and less confusion about your game, success just, you know, came with hard work. So in 64 regular season games, you tallied 70 points, 23 goals, and 47 assists, finishing in the top 20 of WHL scoring. And you earned most improved on your team this year. What was that achievement like? Yeah, it was super cool. Obviously, to win any award is, uh, you know, an honor at any level, I guess. So um, I was super happy to, to be named the most improved player. And I think it just testifies to a lot of work I've put in. And um, you know, I think I've came a long way with my game in terms of, um, you know, over the years since, you know, even since I was 14 years old. So um, there's been a lot of development, a lot of hard work put into it. And, and to get recognized like, like that was very special. Um, you also had the opportunity to play in the CHL Kubota Top Prospects game in Hamilton. Some say your effort there was one of the most influential of the season, solidifying your NHL draft ranking between possibly the first and second round. That must have been a lot of pressure, though, for that game. How did you handle that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it was obviously you're playing against the best players in the CHL for that draft here. So, um, you know, it's a big game and there's a lot of pressure behind it. But, um, you know, I just tried to treat it like any other game just to go out and show, you know, the different aspects of my game, the physicality, um, you know, the 200 foot game was kind of the things I was focusing on. It's obviously, there's some pretty high offensive players in that game. And, um, you know, I tried to show in other ways, maybe um, specifically in that game. But, you know, I played... Um, you know, with Byfield and Dawson Mercer to, you know, highly touted prospects for this upcoming draft. And, um, you know, we were line, mate, line match against Lafreniere. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of had to show up that game <laughs> and really prove that, you know, I could play at that level. And I thought I did a good job. So, as you mentioned, you played with some of the CHL's top draft picks, but you also got to play against guys that you've grown up playing for almost like eight past years now. So what was that experience like? 
Yeah, it was super cool, obviously, to uh, to get to play with guys like Ozzy Wiseblatt and against guys like Kane Gooley and Redley Gregg, you know, just to name a couple Alberta boys, um, you know, I've grown up playing against or with um, was super cool. And I think, um, you know, at that high of a level to be there with your buddies that you've been playing with for, you know, quite a while is something pretty special. And I'm glad I got to share it with them. And after the top prospects game prior to the season cancellation, you and the Oil Kings were trending in a very positive direction. What was the mindset there? You know, as the season went on, we just continued to gain confidence in ourselves and, and really realized the of our trending upwards. So, um, you know, we were really excited about where we were going as a team into the playoffs and into the last stretch of the season there. And um, I think confidence was a big thing for us and, um, you know, really realizing how strong of a team we can be and, and you know, playing like that every night. And similar to last year, the Oil Kings would have most likely made a really good run into the 2020 playoffs, but obviously the world had other plans with the pandemic. Um, while it was disappointing for all of our players and staff, it must have been tough on you to have this happen during your first season of NHL draft eligibility. How did you overcome that and get through that? Yeah, I think, you know, it's obviously tough to get, you know, short-ended there at the end of the season and even cut the playoffs off because, um, you know, for me, I feel like that's a, that's the type of game I thrive in is a playoff type atmosphere. So yeah. um, you know, obviously it was difficult, but I think, you know, I was satisfied with, you know, with my season. I thought I performed well for the most part and, um, you know, showed well, my, showed well my capabilities. And, um, you know, I was super happy with, with what I did. But obviously, yeah, it's super frustrating that I don't get to, uh, you know, get that extra, you know, 20 games or whatever it was to, yeah. to show my skill and really see how I can perform in a playoff atmosphere. But I um, mean, you know, at the same time, like I said, I, I think I, I did well and I'm happy uh, with what I did. And now it's just the waiting game. Um, and given that you weren't able to attend the NHL Combine and the draft itself has been pushed back to hopefully the beginning of October, what has the process been like in terms of talking with NHL teams at this point? Yeah, I think right off the bat when the season ended, um, right around when the Combine would have been, um, was when things were kind of busy. I think, you know, we were doing a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, with teams through your computer, your phone, or whatever it may be, right. and, um, you know, sending over fitness results if they ask for it or things like that is is all a part of it as the combine obviously didn't get to go on. So, um, you know, I, I think as of late, it's slowed down a bit with just with the pushback of the draft and everything like that. And um, But, you know, for a while there, it's pretty busy and, and doing some meetings, uh, you know, every other day type thing. Um, and now that the NHL draft lottery is set and playoffs are in motion, I'm sure you're watching the games to see how things could finish out and where you could land. Um, but what do you think about this summer hockey and how the NHL has handled the pandemic? Yeah, I think obviously they've done a great job for them to, to get the playoffs up and running again for just at that is an amazing accomplishment. And I think, you know, the hockey has been super fun to watch. I don't, you know, I haven't been, missed very many games if I, yeah. if I can't. So um, you know, it's been fun to to get to sit down in the summer with your buddies from your hometown and watch some hockey, which is something, you know, usually you don't get to do. Um, mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's been exciting. The hockey's been good, and I'm happy it's back on. And uh, you've also been working on a few projects over the summer. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, the Capota Victory Garden I got going on is, um, you know, going pretty good right now. Got some got some plants sprouting in my little planters box out there. So, yeah. um, you know, it's been fun watering plants every day. It just gives you something to do. So it's uh, it's not too terrible. And then, yeah, like you said, I, I think people are looking for things to do. So what are you doing for fun right now, aside from planting and training, I'm sure? Yeah, I think uh, me and my buddies like to play a lot of spike ball, um, you know, if we can get out in the sun and, you know, try and get a tan or something like that. But, <laughs> um, you know, we like to try and stay active, whether that's being a hike or going swimming or, or something like that. So, 
Um, you know, I think me and my buddies are, you know, outdoorsy people. So that usually tends to be the thing we lean towards. So right now we're still planning for a 68 game season. So what do you expect from yourself and your team when you are allowed to get back at it? Yeah, I think for myself, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to to work hard and, and try to become a more effective player in the WHL. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's my goal. And I want to be a driving force for my team to to ultimately make a playoff run this year again. So, um, you know, I think what you can expect from my team is we're going to try and hit the ground running as soon as the season starts, as I'm sure every other team will. So um, it'll be an exciting time. And, and, you know, us, myself and the Oil Kings are, I know, are very excited for it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the WHL podcast, Jake. We look forward to hearing your name called by an NHL team in the next few months and wish you all the best when our 2020-21 season gets underway. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Left side for Neighbors into the offensive zone. Neighbors, a shot, scores! Jake Neighbors walks in the left wing, beats Ian Scott, and the Old Kings take this one 4-3 in overtime. As always, thanks to Jake Neighbors, the Edmonton Oil Kings, and of course, Lauren Zandy for filling in for that interview. Up next, we have Curtis Miskey. Miskey, who is a current University of Alberta Golden Bear player, played for the Spokane Chiefs, and then the Prince Albert Raiders, where in his 20-year-old season, he was named captain. I sat down with Curtis to talk about his transition from the Western Hockey League to a little bit of professional hockey, and then back to university. I'm joined by Curtis Miskey, uh, former Spokane Chief and captain of the Prince Albert Raiders. Curtis, how has your summer been? It's been pretty good. I mean, I've been able to uh, get some work done along with a lot of golf, so it's been pretty fun. Uh, what's the what's the handicap at right now? I'm actually having a pretty good year. It's probably around a three or a four right now. So, so let's jump into it here. Uh, you're obviously played the last two seasons at the University of Alberta. What's been your transition from a full-time hockey, junior hockey player to a full-time student and hockey player at the U of A? Uh, it's been really good. I mean, there's lots of, there's people in place in both the WHL and the university that help you make it as easy as possible for that transition. But it's definitely different being all-time hockey when you're, uh, when you're in the Western League and then you have a full school schedule on top of a full hockey schedule and stuff. But definitely need to have some time management, but there's lots of people that have helped me along the way, so it's been a pretty easy adjustment. What are you currently taking at the university? Uh, just in my first year of business, I'm doing a finance major. What interests you about finance and business, and where do you, or where would you like to see yourself after you graduate from, from U of A? What industry or field would you like to get into? What interests me the most, just I've always been a numbers guy. I've always been a big math, a math guy growing up. But uh, what interests me is I like dealing with money, handling money and stuff like that. So um, I haven't really thought about what I'm going to do afterwards as much. Probably like financial advising would be my, my go-to right now, but kind of just see where it takes me. Since you've been at the University of Alberta, has there been anything that surprised you, whether it's in the hockey or the school, about how the transition's been, whether it's maybe because you hadn't been in school for such a long time that you'd assimilate as quickly as you did, or you didn't think the hockey that you're playing would be as good as it is? Uh, has there been anything like that that's, that's really kind of made you think, oh, wow, this is a tremendous experience that I'm getting to get? Definitely the, the pace of play, for sure, coming from the Western League to the to U Sports or CIS is elevated for sure. It's basically like what we always say is it's the Western League all over again, but now you're just 21 to 25 or six. So everyone's that little bit faster, that older and bigger. So 
that was definitely an adjustment. But uh, as far as school-wise, I actually took out quite a few courses while I was playing in the Western Hockey League. So that, that made it pretty easy of, a, of an adjustment school-wise. So. When you were coming out of the league and you had options of where you wanted to go play university hockey, what about the University of Alberta made you say, this is where I want to be? Uh, just the the history, really. I mean, 16 national championships. Uh, my goal, I mean, I wanted to go as far as I could in hockey, and I didn't get a pro deal coming out of the WHL. So I thought the next closest thing would be to go to the Golden Bears. They've had that much success and such a good reputation. And it's in my hometown, too. So those are, those are my decision factors, for sure. Yeah, the hometown helps a lot. Getting yeah. to live at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's jump back now to your first year in the Western League. You were a second round pick to the Spokane Chiefs. You end up making the team your 17-year-old season. What was that first year like from you making the jump from the Alberta U18 AAA League to the Western Hockey League? It's a big jump again for sure. Definitely you're playing more against young adults instead of just boys back in midget. But no, I was pretty, uh, pretty starstruck knowing some of the names I grew up watching when I was a young kid. And I'm on the same ice surface as them was pretty cool. But no, it was, a, it was definitely a surreal experience for sure. It was one of my dreams. When you were in Spokane, you ended up getting traded your 19-year-old year to the Prince Albert Raiders. What was that experience like for you? Did you expect it to happen or did it come out of the blue and it was something that you had to adjust with on the fly? Probably an adjustment on the fly, I would say the most. I didn't really see it coming, although I didn't kind of rule out the possibility. But uh, no, it was definitely something. It was just I kind of walked in one day and got told to stay off the ice from practice. So I figured something was up and then got traded. But it was a, I love my time in Prince Albert. I'll say that a million times for sure. Talking about that time in Prince Albert, the first season you got there, you played in 33 games, you had 15 goals, 14 assists, and 29 points. That's almost statistically your best season in the Western Hockey League up to that point, and that's only half a season. And then the next year, you'd only played 33 games with the Raiders, and they named you team captain. So what was that like for you, and, and did you have any expectation of that happening once you got there? I definitely didn't have an expectation of that for sure, but no, I was I was given quite a good opportunity when I first got there by Mark Hatchide and Dave Madsen and the coaching staff. So I was put on one of the top lines, and I just we seemed to click pretty good and kind of run with the opportunity. And I guess they liked me enough to give me the cap. When you look back on your your four years in the Western Hockey League, what do you think is your biggest takeaway? What's what's the best thing you learned that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life? Kind of a motto that I learned in, in Prince Albert, Mark always used to say, to leave the jersey in a better place than you got it. So, And that's not just about, about hockey. It's just about taking every experience that you can and making sure that that's what people remember you by and, and trying to enjoy as much as you can, for sure. Well, now uh, you got to play actually in two ECHL games. And why did you choose to go to the U of A over potentially taking not an AHL deal, but potentially a coast deal and and try to live that dream instead? Um, I think I kind of came to the point where I just decided to, that school is a better option for me. I mean, I tested out the pro waters and I wanted to access my WHL scholarship program. So I think that was just, uh, I was at a point in time where I was ready to to go back to school and use those years of schooling that I earned from the WHL. Well, now you're back in school and there's a lot of uncertainty with COVID-19. What are your plans for next season? 
it's a different for sure. It's a weird scenario, but yeah, as of now, we're we're not in the league, so that's a bit uh, disappointing, I guess. But it's it's so up in the air with all this COVID stuff. Uh, we're all supposed to be enrolled in classes just like normal. It's all going to be online, of course. But so I mean, it's just business as usual. And as of now, we're starting our practices on September first. So looking forward to getting a chance to develop my skills that you sometimes you don't have enough time for during the season with hockey games. So might be practice all year, but we'll. Uh, we'll definitely get better for sure so that's exciting when you look back on your hockey career and it's not just you know youth sports or western hockey league but your entire hockey career do you have a moment that really sticks to your mind that you're going to remember forever as your favorite hockey moment that's a tough one my first whl goal was pretty well, it was a horrible goal, but it was definitely a cool moment for sure. Just to, I've always, that was something when I was growing up, I wanted to play in the Western League and score goals. So yeah, it was as bad as a redirection off of both three people, but it still went in. But just that feeling of I, I'm kind of here and I made it was pretty, pretty special to me. Well, they don't tell you how they score on the score sheet is what I always used to say. But uh, Curtis, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this tonight. I uh, hope you have a great summer and that you're able to get back in class hopefully sometime next year. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That is it for this week's episode of the WHL podcast. Thank you to Jake Neighbors, Curtis Miski, and Lauren Zandi for helping out on this week's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hotter, and you can follow the WHL at the WHL. I hope that you have a wonderful week and we will talk again next Wednesday.